Hello, what's going on? It's Howie Spangler, Tales from the Green Room, uh, episode number 37. Thanks so much for tuning in. Today we're going to talk about um, my sort of take on the term sellout. I think it's fucking bullshit, and I'll explain why. But first, uh, we've got some shows coming up later this month with our homies Real Big Fish. We're going to um, finish up that second leg of the fall tour with those guys. They're coming back from Europe. Excited to see them. Been missing them. Oh, those guys are so much fun. Uh, but get the tickets for that. BallyhooRocks.com uh, slash tour. Uh, we're kicking it off. I think the first show is in Sayreville, New Jersey at the Starland Ballroom. We're doing Skanksgiving with uh, Real Big Fish and the Pie Tasters and We Are the Union and a bunch of other bands. It's going to be a big uh, fucking skanking Thanksgiving ska festival. Um, and then we're kind of heading around the, the, the south a little bit. And then we're going to part ways with those guys. And uh, November 30th, kicking off a little Florida run. We haven't been to Florida in a while. So we're going to hit that. Uh, 11.30 at the High Dive in Gainesville. Uh, December 1st, Beachside Tavern in New Smyrna Beach. December 2nd, the Wilbury in Tallahassee. December 5th, at the Social in Orlando. December 6th at Debauchery in Melbourne. December 7th at uh, Janice Live in St. Pete. And that's a big free show, so make sure uh, you don't get tickets. Just come fucking hang out, all right? It's going to be great. Love that venue. And December 8th at Jack Rabbits. Jacksonville will be finishing up. So uh, that's pretty much going to do it for, for the rest of the year. We, we, are doing, um, we are doing a show at Looney's in Bel Air. Uh here in Maryland on December 22nd, I believe, and that those details will be going up soon. I'm actually going to be doing uh, an acoustic set, two acoustic sets at Secrets in Ocean City. That venue is so fucking cool, man. It's all, they call it Jamaica, USA. It's just the, the floor is sand and the ceiling is like palm trees. It's just badass and it's just a lot of fun to go there and play. And so I'm going to be hanging out there with uh, my buddy JJ and uh, his Ocean 98, the radio, sta- the radio station there in Ocean City. Um, it's their big uh, listener appreciation, uh, the big Christmas party they're going to do. And uh, he asked me to do it a few months back, and I said, fucking sure. <clears throat> and uh, so it starts at 5 o'clock, runs till about 10. I'm going to play from 7 to 9 two acoustic sets and then uh that's on the the new old main stage and then the morley hall stage uh it's going to be the rogue citizens the swell fellas sweet lita and on the tiki stage melissa ailsey and nelson oh geez oh my god i feel awful that's the first time i've read that name i feel really bad so go check out the flyer on my instagram page howie spangler and you can see all the details for yourself um, come hang out with us. It's going to be a lot of fun. Complimentary buffet, and it's free admission. So don't miss that. Secrets Ocean City, and that is December 14th. Um, I think that's all I have for headlines. Uh, let's get to it, man. Let's let's find out uh, my hatred of the term sellout. Because fuck you. That's why. Today I wanted to talk about uh, the idea of selling out. Like, what is it to sell out? In this day and age, is it still possible to sell out? Um, and I like to think no. You know, I'd like to think that I'm not selling out by uh, working on video content and creating a podcast and things like that. I actually do love those things. I love doing all this stuff that I do. Just creating in general is, uh, I don't know, it's like a, it's such a release, you know, it's therapeutic. And it's the weirdest thing for this this podcast, for example, like, I just talk. I just sit here and talk and just say things that are in my brain, make them audible, and I put it on the internet. And, um, you know, people listen to it, and somehow there's this weird uh, satisfaction from that. Um, it's probably the equivalent to writing in a journal. 
diary, whatever, um, <clears throat> in the sense that you get things off your chest, get things off your mind, maybe things that are weighing down. Or maybe, you know, maybe it's not so heavy that like in a dark way, it's just, it's just not having to think about things anymore, like just getting, getting it out. It, maybe your head is crowded with too many thoughts and you just, you need a way to release them and get them out so you can make room for new thoughts to crowd your head, you know? Um, I don't know. There's something about doing this that's um, very therapeutic and, and oddly satisfying. I don't know. Um, so I wanted to kind of go back, let's say, to the 90s when uh, the word sellout, the term sellout was used a lot. Um, and it usually means when, you know, if you're looking at it from a musician standpoint, uh, when, a, when an artist changes their style or their message um, in order to fit into, <clears throat> into the, I guess, the mainstream or, or whatever, more popular opinion or, you know, whatever it is, um, you know, to, and then make money from that, right? That's, that's my idea of like selling out of what it probably means, right? And I, I'm certain there were probably many bands, many artists that took the money and maybe compromise the art. Um, or even artists that started because they thought they could make money. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you get into it for the wrong reasons. For me, it was all about just... Uh, the first time I learned how to play guitar, I can't even... I wish I could tap into that excitement again. You know, you get older, you get jaded. <laughs> A lot of things happen. I wish I could tap the excitement... The feeling that I felt the first time I actually played a song front to back, you know, one of my favorite songs, whatever, Nirvana or Green Day or whatever it was back then, um, probably badly, but uh, I, I played it on a guitar. I learned it and I played it. And just that feeling, once I learned how to make a power chord, and a power chord is just three notes, um, and no matter where you go on the fretboard, as long as you keep that um, that shape, you can play anything. You can play any fucking song. And it was I was mind blown. I was just like, the door was open, you know. Uh, I wish I could <laughs> feel that feeling again, just to be able to describe it even better. Um, <clears throat> there was nothing like it. And that's why I got into music. I started writing songs when I was probably, you know, 12 or 13. And I started playing guitar. I guess I was, I just turned 14. And I remember I, I was trying, <laughs> before I learned how to play guitar, I was, I was writing lyrics. And um, I, I, had a, I had a guitar but I wasn't, uh, I didn't know how to play it, so I was just strumming bullshit. Like, it was this old acoustic that I had from when I was a kid. I didn't know how to tune it. I didn't know anything. Um, and I'm trying to sing songs, and, like, it was just, it was a mess, you know? But the second I learned how to, how to make that work, man, it was just, it was insane. Um, possibilities were, were endless, you know? And so... That's why I got into it, is for the excitement, the love of it. And I can't sit here and say that I don't want to make money from music. That's, that's insane. That's, that's ridiculous. Um, yeah, I would love to make money from music. And I, and I do now. I do make money from music. Uh, I get paid weekly, you know, to, to make music and go on tour and, and do it. And I pay bills, you know. And there's a lot of bands that I know that can't do that. They can't leave and go on tour because if they leave, they can't pay their bills. You know, if they go on tour, they can't pay their bills. They can't take care of their families. And I started so young uh, that we were able to build up to that before any sort of responsibility of family 
or real bills came along, you know, mortgages and rent and things like that, car payments. Um, I was able to figure all that stuff out before all those major life things started to happen. And I mean, I was still struggling when my son was born. This was uh, 2010 he was born. So I was still, I wasn't really making a whole lot of money. Um, But by that point, it was like, okay, I'm already in this. I've been doing this since I was 14 years old when I started this band. And at the time when I found out she was pregnant, I was 29. And there was just no way, you know, that I was going to, stop doing it. We'd had a lot of small successes uh, in the 2000s, which you can go back to episode, I think it's 35, I believe, uh, where I talk a lot about the band's uh, ups and downs in the 2000s. There were a lot of uh, small and, and I guess big things that were happening to us. Enough of those things were happening to where I felt like there's something here. And just because I have a kid coming uh, doesn't mean I need to just drop it all and throw it away. It was something that I'd worked a very long time for and very hard at. Um, and I just couldn't see just dropping it. It was, uh, I don't know, it, I was going to have to find a way to make it all work. And I did. It was much harder and... <laughs> I uh, I did what I could, you know, and I'm uh, we've we've grown the band and we're starting to get paid a little bit more now these days, and and it's great. It's just you you really got to be willing to stick it out, and uh, so I guess that leads me to um, when things aren't going the way you'd wish they were going or you thought they were going to go, and you have to stop and you have to think about. Okay, why? What are we doing wrong? What is it that's not connecting? Um, And again, the goal here is we're not trying to be rich fucking guys with yachts and you know what I mean? Nothing like that. It's like we want to be able to live comfortably off of a craft, off of something different, something that we love, something we have a passion for. And so that's why we've done it for so long. And Yes, you want to be able to make money and have a living from that. So you have to think about, are you willing to compromise your art, your vision to try and achieve that? And I think that we've been lucky enough with my band, we've been lucky enough to where we can do what we want and it's, it's lucrative enough. You know what I mean? Like, we're still, we can do what we want, but we can we can pay bills that way. I know bands that they're doing what they love, they're doing what they want, they've been doing it for years just like us, but they make way more money than us, and they bring out way more people than us. Um, and we get to a point where it's like, okay, how do we get that, though? You know? Um, because it's not... I don't know those guys' situations, you know, individually, you know, their money situation, anything like that. Um, I know that for me, I'm not living super comfortable yet. I'm I'm a lot better off than I used to be. And I've got two kids, you know, I've got a whole family here. I'm paying rent and all that stuff, <clears throat> you know, so I'm doing the adult shit. Um, but you start to go, okay, what are we doing wrong? Why can't we get that? What is, what is it that isn't connecting? Because I felt like our music really does connect with a lot of people and always has, but not on like the exponential um, scale that I think it should. It's like, what is missing, you know? And there are always those moments where you feel week. I'm a I'm a stick to your guns kind of guy. Like I don't I don't like being told what to play. I don't like being told what to do. Uh I hate I hate fucking no. I hate being told no. And it, it just really bothers me. Uh and I don't want, you know, I'm not 
going to have someone telling me that I need to be playing something different. You know, if, if that's, it's like, it's like it's some fucking shortcut or something, right? So, all right, I'll break it down. I'll be honest here. Okay. I'm, I'm always honest with you, but it's going to get real for a second. So for the girls record, uh, we hadn't, we, we did great. Like uh, daydreams and pineapple grenade, the, the records that were before that, um, did really well and things were going great. And we started looking at stuff and I, I don't like to make the same record over and over again. And we're always messing around and trying different things. And, um, I love production. I, I love making beats. I've been making beats since I was a kid in my head, clicking my teeth together, you know? And, um, so I love all that stuff. I love weird sounds and things. And, um, so the girls record sort of reflects that it, it was like, what can I do with these, with these other things that I have, these other little skills, these other, uh, these loves or whatever, uh, other types of music. Um, how can I maybe incorporate it into what we're doing? And the result was like the girls record. And, and also with that was, you know, every band should have management, you know, to get, to try to forward the band, things like that. And, um, you know, you take advice and our management was like, Hey, you know, songs like walk away and no good. So like they do, they do pretty well, you know? Walk Away is our biggest song ever. Still to this day, it's crazy. This song is seven years old. And uh, so, you know, why don't you guys like, why don't you focus on more stuff like that because you're really good at it. I was like, yeah, okay, that's interesting. And, and it, was, it would be a, a small, not, not a total departure from what we had done in the past, but it would be sort of a new direction taking the old, taking the the style that we do and making it uh i don't know more modern i guess and what's what's modern what's popular right fucking hip hop and like pop music right and we are neither of those um but i feel like we were able to find a way to construct the songs um to blend any of that stuff together with what we were already doing and make it sound good. I think I'm very proud of that record. I'm very, I think I love all the songs. Um, and it wasn't anything that was forced. I don't force anything. Um, it was all just, this is all stuff that I had in my head or like small little ideas that, that I was like, okay, I'll just flesh that out, you know, see where it goes. And I mean, we recorded a, a song called Stop Ruining My Life, which is now on the new record, Detonate. We recorded that originally for the girls' record. And it didn't fit because the rest of the songs were like uh, like more reggae, like more, more pop reggae, I should say. And this was like a kind of a punk rock song and like guitars and shit. And it just wasn't, it just wasn't going to work. So we, we stashed it and... And look, we put it out on this new record, so it worked out. But, um, so yeah, so I started when I when I was writing for the the girls stuff. Um, like I said, half of it was stuff that I already had going on, and then other other times it was like songs, ideas that I had after management had suggested, like, hey, uh, you know maybe focus on stuff like that so, so I sat down in, my, in front of my in my studio here and just started working working on stuff like figuring out a melody and I would just go from there and add like a beat and then I layered a lot of the stuff on that record like you'll hear a lot of like beats and things over top of the drums like Donald played on every song he smashed on every song and he, and he killed it I just kind of uh, enhanced the beats a little bit that he was playing with um you know, some samples and things to kind of fatten it up and make it sound a little bit more modern, you know? And <clears throat> that record, I'm super proud of it. Um, and that was as far as, I, as far as I was going to go with, with that direction. The Detonate record, the way it came out was totally organic and natural because it was from the feelings that I had 
about the industry, about losing my parents, about, I don't know, toxic relationships, um, the feeling of like being constantly having to dig ourselves out of a hole, you know, the, the perseverance. And that's really where that, that record came from. It's all real shit. And I'm not saying that girls wasn't real. We had a fan approach us at a, uh, at the merch table one time and he's like, man, I don't know. That's just, I just, I really like your old stuff, but this one is like, just, there's no heart. And I take that shit seriously. I get mad about that shit. You know, it's like, you're not supposed to get mad about the comments. Don't read the comments, right? But you can't help but feel, I don't know, attacked, I guess, um, because it's your art. And, you know, it's all subjective, but when people come at you like that, it's like, fuck, dude. There was heart behind it. There was feeling. Just a lot of the songs were about partying and relationships and just kind of bullshitting. You know, it's it wasn't as deep. No, it wasn't as deep as like our new record or maybe it's our stuff from the past. But I thought they were great songs. And like mixtape, oh, man, one of my favorite songs from that record. Like, I don't know, the, the melody, the whole thing. And, and it's about being a fucking stalker. You know, <laughs> being head over heels about someone and being a fucking stalker and like, you know, uh, let her go is about fucking up in a relationship and, and losing the love of your life and realizing that it's never going to happen again. So you just got to let her go, you know, and and that one's a doo-wop track. So I, I definitely it, it, it's weird because it did. It was like our best-selling record out of the gate. Um, Daydreams is like I think our biggest-selling record, but when you when in terms of like first-week sales and sort of overall reception in like those first six to nine months, it was like our biggest release ever. And and I didn't know how to take that. I wasn't. I was like, well, fuck. Are people liking this stuff more? You know, um, are we? Or maybe maybe we're maybe that did kind of get us out because you've got your fan base, but then there's this whole outside that has no idea what's going on. They know nothing about you or your band. And maybe they heard one of those songs strictly because of the style or the sound, you know, maybe they listened to fucking Katy Perry and we came up on a radio station. I, I don't know, you know, like a Pandora or something. And I started to think like, fuck, I hope this isn't like, this isn't exactly what people want to hear from us because we want to rock the fuck out. We're a rock band, you know? And that record is not a rock record. And we knew it when we were making it, but it was like, it was kind of weird, you know? And then so we put out, we put out Detonate a little over a month ago. I guess about six weeks ago. And... The reception has been huge with with our immediate fan base. Like the hooligans, the Bally hooligans, they seem to fucking love it. And the only negative, which is not even really negative, the, like not as positive thing, I guess I should say, uh, it was some guys like, I just wish there were less, less F words. <laughs> he said, it's probably because I'm old though. Like that was it. That was like the, the worst thing I heard about this record and it made me happy it made me very happy and I was very happy when girls came out I couldn't believe it we hit number one at the alternative at iTunes we were there the entire weekend Friday Saturday Sunday into Monday like I'm looking at 21 pilots and even like green days down there with their new record like we were number one dude and it was huge so Detonate comes out, it hits number five. And so I was excited about it. And I don't think charts, they really, what do they mean, right? What do they mean? It means a lot of people bought your record that week. But it doesn't really mean anything in the sense of like more people are going to come to your show or you're going to sell more records, you know, six months from now. It's not, it just doesn't mean anything. It doesn't seem like it anymore. 
And yes, is it cool to say you were number one at iTunes Alternative? Yes, of course. It's a good little thing you can put on your press release, you know, and it it doesn't really have any any power behind it. We're, we didn't, you know, change decision makers, the gatekeepers. We didn't change their decisions because we we're like, oh, by the way, we were number one at iTunes last year. Like, they don't give a fuck about that. Um, so we put out Detonate, and the reception was amazing from the hooligans. They, they loved it, the, the fan base. Go, the songs go over really well at the shows. It's a lot high energy. Like, we, we love performing and putting on a big, big fun show. And I always felt like, well, not always, but we were trying something different the last few years. We were doing more of, like, the reggae stuff because we were playing with uh, more reggae bands. And if you rock out at a reggae show, it really doesn't go over that well. It's like they they're like uh, they're like bummed out because they're probably really fucking high and they're just they're like standing there like if they've never heard of your band, they don't know what it is, and um, you get this weird reaction after every song. It's like this sort of like this is too much. I just came here to sway and smoke some fucking weed, you know. <laughs> So uh, we changed it up this past summer. We we were like, let's play more of the rock shit and just see what happens and like kind of get back to that. And man, everything just went up. Like we just felt so good about performing and uh, the, we, there were circle pits and some fucking moshing. People jump up and down and we hadn't seen that in a while, you know. And we had like like girls showing up in like uh you know sundresses and stuff and like fucking getting destroyed in the mosh pit you know <laughs> and uh they think they're coming to see a reggae show you know and and i hate that that misconception about our band we're not a reggae band and um i want to you know as much as this record was uh on um like I didn't think about what it had to be. It just what it just was. You know what I mean? It just came out the way it is, organically. Um, as much as it was that, it it was also like as we were going, I was like, man, I love. I'm loving this. People are gonna fucking, you know, just we're getting back to that like that rock shit, and it's kind of letting people know like, oh, by the way, like we're still we're we're a rock band. We're still a rock band. You know. Um. So the back to selling out, like you heard that a lot in the nineties and every now and then we get a comment, thank you guys for not selling out, you know, and I've, I've seen a couple those guys fucking sold out, like whatever. And what does it really mean these days? I don't think it's possible, you know, like, okay. It's not that it's not possible. Okay. okay I don't have a script here, folks. I'm just fucking saying shit. I'm just speaking. Um, so it's not that it's not possible. I mean, look, I think about this shit a lot too. I blame the, the, the way, okay. Okay. Hold on. Back up, back it up. Okay. <clears throat> the way the radio landscape is nowadays. Um, I always thought our band's music was right for radio. If it was 1996, my band would be all over the radio. We'd be killing it right now. We'd be fucking crushing. I know that. But everything's changed. The entire industry has changed. And I think with pop music and hip-hop being the dominant styles of music now, um, obviously rock bands take a hit from this, right? And I, I do believe there's an audience for this. I, there's an audience for all types of music, right? It's just the rock music is taking a back seat to this. You still have Foo Fighters. You've got Green Day. You know, they put out a record every couple of years. You have these real rock bands that are still, they're still waving that flag. You know, they're still carrying that flag. And, and I love that. And I... I blame those other bands, those other big rock, that once rock bands, that are just now like, oh God. I don't, okay, look, dude, fucking Fallout Boy. I'm sorry, man. Look, I love, 
I loved Infinity on High. I thought that was a great record. And I even dug um, uh, from a couple of years ago, um, My Songs know, know What You Did in the Dark. I thought that was like the perfect blend of rock band versus production, right? It's a pretty production-heavy song. I thought that was the perfect blend. And had they done 11 other songs just like that on the record, you know what I mean? It's not just like it, but I just feel like those bands that get spins at radio, those big bands, they're fucking changing their sound to like make it more hip-hoppy or make it more poppy because they think it's going to keep them relevant, right? And and then those fucking bands that like are have writing teams that are just built for radio like every song is a fucking hit and it's written to be that way like it's 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 it just irks me man i feel like uh, those rock bands that are changing their shit around they could they could turn it around they could turn it around they could put out a rock record I feel like a band like Fall Out Boy could put out Infinity on High again. Something similar to that. And it would get played. Like, I don't know. It's just because of the name and things like that. Like, I feel like there's pull there. And maybe this is just me being naive or something. I, I We've had a lot of experience working with radio campaigns and things like that. With a lot of different songs. And I, I don't know. I just I just feel like like radio stations are afraid to play independent bands that are like rock bands. They're afraid to play it because they'll fucking get fired, you know? And I've known a few. And uh, I feel like those bands could turn it around and they don't. They just keep... And I get it. Like, it's cool to grow and it's cool to, like, experiment with different styles and, and things. But then you start to, like... They're not the same band that they were. Maroon 5 is certainly not the same band they were from Songs About Jane. right? I love that record. And, and I think uh, Adam Levine is an, uh, an amazing voice. And I love when they do like, I love when they do reggae songs too. You know, but like they're so pop now, you know. Maybe that's where it was meant to go for them. Right? But just to go back and listen to that first record and hear the musicianship, and just hear the band, you know, like it just, I don't know, the songs are great. And these big fucking bands that just go pop because that's where they think they need to go to stay relevant. They're just ruining it for everybody else. That's how I feel. You know, and I'm, who the fuck, I don't know. Maybe maybe these bands wouldn't get played if they put out a rock song today. I don't know, man. Maybe maybe it's gone that far. Even fucking Weezer, you know, Rivers Cuomo experimented with some, like, poppy dance stuff, you know, but they're back doing their rock thing, and they still, they do great, you know. Everybody gets stoked when, when a new a Weezer record comes out, right? I just feel like, you know... More bands like the Foo Fighters and, and Green Day and Weezer and you know and these other fucking bands just fuck around and they ruin it for everybody. Suddenly it's like I'm supposed to like break down and put out a pop record in order to stay relevant. I'm not gonna fucking do it, man. I'm not gonna do it. That's not what Ballyhoo is. Like it's it's frustrating. <laughs> Can you tell I'm upset? Anybody? This is ridiculous. Let me take a sip of my coffee. My Ninja Turtle cup. Um, my daughter like always looks at it. She points at each guy, each turtle, and she's like, who's that? Who's that? Who's that? And it's a pattern, so it's like you got the four, and then it starts all over again, and I have to keep going. Donatello, Leonardo, Michelangelo, Raphael. Donatello, Leonardo, <laughs> right? Anyway. So would it be easy to call those bands sellouts? Fall Out Boy? Maroon 5, maybe. Um, I'm not here to judge. I don't, you know, maybe that's where it was all intended to go for them. Maybe that's what they initially, That's maybe that's what they wanted to do from the start. And they just, it took them a while to get there. You know, it took them a few records to transition over. I, I don't know. Um, 
But uh, the term sellout, if someone called me a sellout, I tell them to go fuck themselves. Knowing the things that I've been through, um, all the things that I've accomplished with the band, all the things that I'm still able to do, be, you know, even with the family and taking care of the family is an effort in itself. It's a full-time job, right? I uh, respect the side hustle. So I guess we can talk about that, uh, the side hustle. Um, most bands now, most artists and bands, the guys in the band or the girls in the band, um, are working on something something different. And it's 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 always like, uh, you know, you've heard in the past too, like it's the band or nothing, right? It's the music or nothing. And I totally believe in that statement. But nowadays, especially with like platforms like Spotify and Apple Music, taking 10 bucks a month and paying artists a fraction of a penny for a stream. Uh, you're not making what you, what you, you know, what you used to. It, my band didn't really make any money back in the nineties. We didn't make, no. Okay. We definitely didn't make money in the nineties, made a little bit of money in the two thousands. But by then the industry had completely broken down and shifted. And so we don't really know what it was like to make that kind of money that these artists used to complain about. Um, you know, cribs, <laughs> you know, remember, remember cribs, um, like you're not living that lifestyle anymore. And, uh, I never lived that lifestyle, but, uh, so you have to find something else to supplement, you know, and, uh, I can go out on tour for six weeks and I can still make pretty good money to pay the bills, you know, we're still living week to week, right? But along the way, I find jobs, um, things that I'm good at, I find ways to make money off of that. So I've been drawing since I was a kid. I've designed tattoos for for people. Uh, I've, I've designed, I've drawn up posters. You know what I mean? Like just things like that. Um, I've designed websites for people in the past because I'm a tech dude. I, I love tech. Um, I've produced bands' music. I, I've, I feel like I've gotten to a point where I know how to craft a song. I know how to make a record sound good. And I've worked with enough producers where I've, I've, I'm looking over their shoulder while they're doing shit, and I learn things, you know? And I've put out a few records with other bands now. You know, things like that. You gotta have a side hustle in these days, and uh, those are the things. It's like those are the things that that keep me from crossing that line of like, well, I guess Ballyhoo's a pop band now. You know, like you're gonna hear a Ballyhoo on the mix station. Ladies and gentlemen, got a brand new song here for a band called Ballyhoo out of Baltimore, Maryland. This band is lit, as the kids say. All right, uh, stay tuned to those concert tickets. Keep it locked. It's my radio station voice. So maybe these things are keeping me from doing that. It's Okay, they're not the only thing that's keeping me from doing that. I have this, you know, there's a thing inside me that doesn't want, that won't let me do that. You know what I mean? Like, we're never going to be Maroon 5. I can put it that way. Um, love the band's first record. But we're never going to be that. Whatever they are now, we're never going to be that. And uh, when the songs for Detonate started to happen, um, I just knew it was that. that came from somewhere deep down. That came from the darkest feelings I was having about a lot of things. And I knew that the only way to play these songs were you know, to tell these stories were to play them against a rock, you know, backdrop. And uh, it's, I still love reggae and I, all that, you know, I love all types of music. And I know we're still going to make songs like mixtape and, you know, 
Jameson and Ginger and things like that. Uh, but for 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 right now, this is what it is. You know, this is this band is we're a fucking rock band. You know, and uh, so I expect the the gritty the gritty reggae stuff to to come back at some point. Maybe the next record. I I don't know. You know. It's funny because like I felt like after after we re- released Detonate, there was this uh, there was this like feeling of just like whew. now what you know like <clears throat> I truly don't know where to go right now I'm I'm I've been in my studio every day almost every day since we've been home from this break from the first leg of this tour with Real Big Fish this fall right. Came home, I'm energized because I'm like, all right, oh god, I can get so much shit done when I'm home. Like having having like the fast Wi-Fi that I pay for <laughs> every month, having you know a solid connection, having just my space down here where it's quiet most of the time, um, and I've got my good microphone. I've got all my shit. I'm at home. I'm comfortable. I'm sleeping in my own bed. I can wake up in the middle in the middle of the night and run down here and throw it down if I need to. You know, getting normal house shit done, chores, whatever it is, taking out the trash, all that feels so normal and it feels so fucking good. Um so maybe maybe it, you know, it's just that there needs to be this window of just okay, maybe I don't have to just sit here and crank out songs for a little bit. Maybe I can just relax focus on some other things and sort of just let things happen. Like, like I said, like I can't sit here and force songs to come out cause they're going to be shitty. They're not going to be what I want them to be. And I can sit here and jam and, you know, I mean, I've written plenty of songs that way, you know, just kind of jam like, Oh, that sounds cool. And becomes a song, you know, but, uh, I come down here, I, I, I turn all my stuff on and I just sit here and it's like, I feel like I'm just wasting time. It's like, what else can I be doing? You know? So, um, when the time comes, and I've been messing around with some songs lately, but when the time really comes, I'm really going to know it. I'm going to feel it. I'm going to be like, okay, it's time to write this new record again, you know? So yeah, respect the side hustle, man. If it's something that you're, if you're blocked mentally, like for songwriting or whatever it is that you're trying to create, um, Find other things to 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 get it out. It, it doesn't have to be like for me. It doesn't have to be music all the time. Doing this podcast right now. I said it earlier. It's just sort of a release, you know. Doing this, just talking. And um, I don't know if people are going to listen to this. Okay. Yes, I do. There's like 500 streams on average, roughly, which is great. Um, but this could be like the worst episode ever. I, I don't know. People might hate it. Um, but it's just something for me to get shit off my chest. I don't know what it, you know, what it is, but it just feels nice. So I got to keep the money coming in, right? And this podcast makes me like no money. I, I've got supporters, which is awesome. Um, but it's it's more or less just takes care of like or goes towards like website fees and things like that. There's no I'm not you know profiting. You know, it's all cost kind of stuff going back into what I'm doing which is great. I can't even believe in getting that. I'm super appreciative of all of you for, for doing that. That's amazing. Um, so, you know, you just gotta, you gotta find the side hustle. It's something that you're interested in, something else that you do. I think it's kind of like cheesy when, when, when artists say like, I can't do anything else. It's just music. I don't believe that. I think it's cheesy and you sound stupid. Like you're not good at anything else. You can't do anything else right <laughs> um, I don't know I just like to make things and uh, so yeah selling out to me in this day and age uh, I heard someone I heard someone call it buying in <laughs> before um, you have to find new ways to make money in this day and age and a lot of artists are doing like the VIP stuff VIP packages for concerts. I never liked that, to be honest. I never, I never liked the idea of 
charging people money, like extra money on top of the ticket. Um, and sometimes you get the ticket included, I think. But uh, say it's like 50 bucks to go to the show and meet the band, right? To me, that's not enough. Like, you get to meet the band. That's it. I'm paying like another $30 to meet the band and get a picture. And I know some bands that like, they make it pretty worth people's while, you know, they'll make it worth the ticket, like hang out, take pictures, maybe have a drink with them. I don't, I don't know. There's, there's all kinds of things you can do, I guess. Um, and to me, I just never thought, because we do that anyway. We do that with our fans, like after the shows, we'll be at the merch table hanging out. I've been, I've shared many drinks with many people <laughs> at the merch table or over by the bar or whatever. And um, to, I've, I get people that I'll take 11 pictures with somebody. I don't give a fuck. Just, let's take 100 pictures, right? Um, that might get annoying for other people that are waiting in line, but I mean, whatever, dude. I'm, I'm just happy to be there. And for me to charge someone extra money t- to get that experience just feels cheap to me. And I understand, again, like I said, artists are looking for other ways to, to make money. Um, on the road and stuff. Cause really that's where we make our money. We make our money on tour. The, the records don't make money. Like it, the money it, that comes in usually goes back into the band, back into another recording or, you know, back into the business. Um, as far as like the band members paying bills and stuff like that, that chunk of change comes from being on the road and you got to work up to that, which I kind of explained earlier. You have to work up to that. You have to be on the road for years before you really start like feeling good about like your pocket, you know? If you got a family, holy fuck, right? But, uh, yeah, so VIP is kind of weird for me. I don't know that we'll ever do that. Um, maybe we will if we, I feel like there's something really valuable there. But other than that, I mean, we hang out anyway. So just come say what's up. And uh, so really, I guess it comes down to selling out don't hate the band for trying to make a little extra money because it's hard out there. Don't call them a sellout. That's not what it is. If <laughs> if Fortunate Youth uh, turns into Maroon 5, maybe you can use the term sellout. And those guys will never do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Those guys are super cool and they play cool music and there's no need for them to do that. You know what I mean? That, that I guess that would be the way to sort of explain what real selling out would be. If, if Ballyhoo comes out and they sound like the new Fallout Boy, you know, you can kick us to the curb. Um, that's never going to happen. I actually feel kind of bad because I keep using them as an example. I don't hate that band or anything. I just think that, like, where they went musically, it just really sticks out to me because I used to love that band. I used to think they were great, you know. Um, now it just sounds like a fucking Transformer threw up. But what are they? Are they going to hear this? You think they're going to fucking hear this? They're not. Gonna, they're not listening to my podcast. Even if they do, they're not going to take us on tour anyway. So I don't give a fuck. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. I I think. Uh, I think until your favorite band completely changes their sound, you know, consistently album after album to a point that's just they're like they sound completely different from when from when you first fell in love with them. I think then maybe you can start throwing around the term sellout. But to call a band a sellout because they're trying to make a little extra money to get by and pay for things and, you know, buy Christmas presents for their kids and whatever it is, whatever the situation is, I think that's pretty fucking low, you know, Um so respect the side hustle and uh, don't fucking hate. <laughs> I'm not trying to be mean, I promise. Man, got a little fiery on that one, huh? Pretty passionate. <laughs> nah, uh, yeah, that's just sort of like, I don't know, my, my take on that. I think it's... I think it's bullshit just for somebody to call a band to sell out just because you might not like one or two of their songs you know you like the rest of the catalog but their new record 
you don't like a couple of songs, so you feel like it's not mine anymore. So fuck those guys, you know. Anyway, um, thanks for listening. Uh, let me know what you think in the comments. Hit me up on Instagram at Howie Spangler, and uh, let me know what you think about that. And uh, anything else you'd like me to cover, hit me up. Let me know because I like to talk about some of the things, but sometimes I can't think of all the stuff that's on my mind that I love to talk about. So you got You have to remind me. You got to let me know. Uh, thanks again for listening. Go buy tickets for the Ballyhoo shows at uh, ballyhoorocks.com slash tour. Don't forget about the uh, the acoustic sets at Secrets in Ocean City, December 14th. And uh, yeah, more to come. I got, I'm got. i setting up some, some interviews, some more conversations uh, over the next couple weeks um, with some other friends of mine that you're definitely going to want to tune into. So, And make sure you go back and listen to the previous episodes we have a lot of good stuff there please rate five stars if you would i don't know maybe you think it's one star but just make it five anyway that'd be rad uh it really helps on itunes at the apple's you know podcast uh it helps it get discovered so if you could rate it five that'd be sick maybe leave a review and then tell your friends because i love for people to hear this uh also talking to my brother about possibly creating that second podcast about video games i don't know man i think it's gonna happen um i it's like i don't have enough on my plate already but goddamn, you know we have this little passion since we were little kids about playing nintendo and everything every system since then and we got a lot a lot to say a lot of ideas might be cool so if you're into video games you know and want to hear us bullshit about video games we can uh that might happen. So um, I already came up with a name. I'm not going to say it yet. But I'm going to keep you keep you informed. All right. Uh, thanks so much. And we will we will hear things soon. That, does that make sense? Okay, bye. <laughs>